Hi, and welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to four teenagers. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens, yet keep firm boundaries? Would you love to get your kids to listen without yelling and feeling frustrated first? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I can't believe we are about halfway through November, approaching Christmas. It's a very exciting time of year. It's just going by a little fast, and it really feels like summer just ended. In fact, I was telling a friend that I keep blaming summer for the reason why I am a little more disorganized and I feel like I can't keep all of the my schedule straight. And I'm like, it's just because, you know, I'm getting used to the new school year and I keep blaming summer. And I don't think I can use that excuse of why I feel so behind anymore because it's going to be the new year before we know it. Summer is long gone and it's it's not the reason why I am disorganized right now. So I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels this way, but beside the point on the podcast today, the topic that I want to talk about is helping our kids strive for excellence and not perfection. So how do we do that as parents? I want to start off by saying, for one, we can only do what we can do. We only have control over what we have control over, which is us. And I want you to feel like you are doing the best that you can. I want you to see all of the things that you are doing, notice them, and honor yourself for doing the things in the way that you're doing them. Because I really do feel like we all are doing the best we can with what we have. So just decide that you're doing your best. And your best looks exactly like what it is. You can honor that you're doing the best that you can with what you have and also try to improve, want to improve. If you want to get better, then let's get better. And then that's when you can reach out for coaching or other resources and tools that are available to us. Ask yourself, what do you need help with for you to improve? And that's, of course, if you want to improve. We don't need to beat ourselves up. We don't need to feel worse so that we can feel better. And that's a cycle that we can get into for a really long time. And I know I've talked about this in a previous episode when I felt like what I was doing wasn't good enough. And so I needed to improve. I needed to be better. And there was this constant chasing of wanting to improve and trying to improve. But it all came from this feeling of not being good enough with where I was at in that moment. And I want to get out of that mindset. I want to break down this idea that we need to feel bad about ourselves in order to improve. So let's think about this from a parenting perspective. As we parent, most of us, we still have our kids in school and we're in this middle stage of parenting. And we want to encourage our kids to do well. And we want to encourage them to do their best. But sometimes in doing so, we can sabotage them. There have been studies that have shown that kids perform to their parents' expectations academically. So think about that. 
kids perform to their parents' expectations academically. There is a caveat though, when parents have a reasonable expectation. So if you have a reasonable expectation, and this is of course going to look different for each kid because each of our kids has different abilities and interests. So it's important to know that. But if your expectations are far too high, if it's out of reach, your child will likely give up. Your child will think there's no way that they can do that. And in fact, I had this experience last year with one of my own kids where they were missing some assignments and it just built up to where they didn't feel like there was anything they could do about it. And so they didn't even want to try to improve their grade. They didn't even want to turn in just one assignment because there were so many that were missing. And so they were like, there was just no point. They felt too far behind. And so we had to work through that a little bit. But it goes with this idea that when you're focused on a certain outcome, if it feels too far out of reach, and if you feel like it's too hard and unattainable, you're too far behind, too far gone, then there's no point in trying. That's what our brains want us to think, that there's no point in trying. And so even when you do accomplish something, like in this situation, I would try and talk to my daughter and just say, focus on one assignment or just start where you are and start turning in the assignments like right now, like the assignments that are due right now, let's just start there instead of getting more and more behind. Don't give up. So that was, that was the message of last year that I just tried to drill into her mind is just don't give up because that is the worst thing that you can do. So if it's just one assignment and you're staying on top of that one assignment, feel good about that. So where are your expectations? If they are too high and your kids feel like they have to get an A plus in everything and do all of these things in order to feel good enough, then it's really hard to even celebrate those small wins or when you do accomplish something great. Because even something like straight A's, you could get all A's, but then there's another semester and you've got to do it all over again. You may do, be doing really well in sports and you win a, a state championship and that feels really good. But then comes the next season and you feel this pressure to do it all over again. And so what I really want you to internalize here is that Excelling and success is really fun and exciting and it's good. It's good to try and to do well. We don't want to take that away. And there's hard work involved in that and doing well in sports and practicing. But if it comes from a place of like, you're not good enough unless you perform at a certain level, that is based in fear, perfectionism, and anxiety. And so even when you do well, if your expectations are so high, it makes it really hard to celebrate those accomplishments because you're just moving to the next goalpost. And so I wanted to share three ways that you could help your child strive for excellence, but also not get stuck in perfectionism. The first one is ask yourself who, whose need this expectation serves. 
So do you want them to be a star player, get straight A's and be the best because it will make you feel good? It'll make you feel like a good parent. And I totally get that. It does feel good when our kids succeed. And it, it's like, well, I want my kids to be happy and I feel happy when they are happy. I can for sure relate to that. But with that thought, if they do well, then I can feel good. I feel like my role as a parent is solid. Then I am making their success about me. And that is my work to do. Because if our expectations of our children are about us, when they should be about them, right? So make your expectations about your child and what they are capable of and encourage them and support them and don't make their success about you. Number two, focus on effort, not the outcome. And this is huge for so many of the people that I coach because being able to step back and become unattached to the outcome is going to help reduce the amount of anxiety you feel and the indecision because you're attached to a certain outcome. And so there is a clear right and wrong decision or a right and wrong way to do it. And if you do it the wrong way, then it's all going to fall apart. That's where that train of thoughts will lead you to. You have to make the right choice. And so you can be stuck in some indecision when you feel like there is a clear right or wrong choice. So the way to get out of this mindset is just be unattached from the outcome and instead focus on the effort. What do you need to do? What actions do you need to take? Help your child discover and decide on the actions they need to take. Focus on that effort. This intention will help you show up in the way that you want to show up. It may or may not help the situation. The way you show up, your intention, if it's coming from a good place, may or may not create a closer relationship with your child. You can try to get curious and ask good questions and your child might still think you're annoying and be mad. We just cannot control how our children feel or respond to us as parents, but we can always control how we feel. And so using this idea in helping our kids strive for excellence and not perfection, we want to focus on their effort. We want to help them see that how do they want to show up? They have control over that. What do they need to do? What do they want to do? They have control over that. They may not have control over the outcome. So don't focus so much on that outcome. And this will help as well when you want to compliment your children. Because I remember when my kids were little, complimenting them on doing a great job or getting a good grade, performing well. I complimented them on the outcome. And so I started to shift that to compliment them on the effort because really it wasn't about the outcome. It was about the effort they put in and that's what I wanted to be proud of and that's what I wanted to recognize them for. So if they worked really hard at something, the grade to me was not relevant anymore. It was the hard work and effort that they put into their homework or practicing their sport or that assignment. And going back to the situation with my daughter where she had a bunch of missing assignments, that's what helped me unattach to the outcome and not go into this freak out mom mode of like, what has happened? How has this happened? How have you gotten yourself so far behind? Because that would have just added more guilt, more shame, more stress for her. 
And so it's this acceptance of this is what we have. This is where we're at. Now, where do we go from here? Nothing has gone wrong. These assignments can still be turned in. If you don't get an A, B, or even a C in this class, you will still pass. You will move on to the next class. The world is not over. And, you know, for those that are wanting their kids to get scholarships and get into a particular college, they need to do the work to, to do that. And they may need to feel the disappointment when it doesn't work out the way that they wanted it to. And that's where you get to do that work of making it not about you anymore. And then you're there supporting your children and the things that they've got going on. So going in a different direction, so we're not talking academically, maybe it's just cleaning their room. You can compliment them on the time that they are taking and spending putting away their clothes, one shirt at a time. Okay, so you can do it in so many different ways where you're complementing the effort, not the outcome. So instead of you have to wait until they, that entire room is cleaned up to your liking before you can tell them they did a good job, you can just encourage them as they put in the effort to get that room clean. Because I know with my kids, they each are at a different level of cleanliness, and so it's, it was actually funny when um, I was, I've talked about this one daughter in particular on another episode and about her messy room. And um, one thing that she said was that, well, I know where everything is. And when it's clean, I don't know where everything is. I thought that was so fascinating. And so instead of being mad about it, I'm just allowing her to figure it out on her own, do it the way that she likes to do it. Um, I still have those expectations, but if I'm like, you know, you need to go clean your room and I'm attached to the outcome of it needs to look a certain way, then I would be mad all the time, right? Or I wouldn't even want to look at a room. But really, it's just this teaching moment of like, instead of making her feel overwhelmed and then we just don't even know where to start, it starts with just one shirt or one piece of garbage one dish, bring it up to the kitchen. You can start to begin to remove the drama around the situation and why it's such a problem and just start noticing the things that your kids are doing and then continue to teach and model the behavior that you want them to, you, that you want to see. Number three is back off when your child shows that they are overwhelmed. And this is a huge, especially for our teenagers who do get overwhelmed and they have a lot on their plates. And it's hard for us as parents because it's hard to know, okay, when do we encourage them to push through the struggle, to push through the overwhelm, or when they need to take stuff off their plate. And when we can back off and just let the pieces fall where they may, right? It can be, it can be a tricky balance to figure out where that is. And this is something that does not have a clear-cut answer. I can't say to do it this way or that way because you know your child best. And I feel like when we can trust our gut instinct, we can get to curiosity. We know our children and we, we know what they're going through. And when we can remove the drama out of our minds, like in the example with one of my daughters and the missing assignments, if my thoughts were 
um, about me and like my lack of making sure she had them turned in or if my thoughts were focused on how could you do this and this is so stressful and on and on, a lot of drama. When you can remove that drama, which is why coaching is so helpful, you can just get curious. You can start asking your child questions. How are they feeling? How are they doing? What do they have on their plate? What are they worried about? What do they want to do? And maybe their answers are going to be hard for you to hear because they might choose not to do something that you want them to do. So then we go back to that first rule of not making it about us. It's about them. And stay in that space and have that conversation and know that you are there to support them. You're unattached to the outcome. And just notice how all of that goes together. When you're in this moment, you have this connection with your child. Notice that they are overwhelmed. You're asking them questions. You're asking them if they want your support. And maybe they'll say, no, I'm good. I've got this, or I don't want to talk about it. Then you can just respond with, well, I'm here for you if you need anything. It looks like you're overwhelmed. And... I'm here for you, and I understand if you if you need some space. When you're ready to talk about it, I will be here. And it sounds more like that, and then you can back off. So these three ideas were from this book called 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do, and I will put a link in my show notes. The author is Amy Morin, and she talks about providing praise and criticism for our kids And one of the ideas she talks about is making a praise criticism sandwich. So this is something where we want to encourage our kids to do their best and to strive for excellence, but we don't want to add more overwhelm or shame. So this is what she says to do. A praise criticism sandwich, which looks like you praise them for something. You offer that critique or or maybe acknowledge, hey, maybe you could do better in this area then you praise them again. So so it's important to note that if we are overly critical of our our children, it is going to create more anxiety in them and it will not be a connective relationship. It will decrease their motivation, can create insecurity. But at the same time, we have this balance where we have expectations and we need to be able to teach and model the behavior that we expect and that we want our kids to have. And we need to be able to tell them when things can be improved. Our kids need to be able to hear criticism and not make it mean that it's the end of the world, right? And so this is an idea of a way that you can do that is by balancing the criticism with some praise. Always, And notice it's like a two for one. So you get like two where you notice two things your child is doing well for like one thing that they need to improve upon. And so just as you're thinking about the things that you need to talk to your kids about, and I highly recommend when you go into these conversations that you have a plan and that you've thought through ahead of time. And I know as parents and for myself, I've had those moments where it's like, you just notice and you want to talk about it right away and you want to ask those questions and have that conversation that sounds really frustrated, that's where you need to check in with yourself, pause, take a breath, 
make a plan for how to approach this situation, especially if it's something that your child needs help with and you want to be there to support them. We want our kids to feel a sense of accomplishment so that they feel more motivated to keep trying, to keep going. And you want your kids to know that you have their back so that when they feel overwhelmed and behind and like there is no point to even try, that they will go to you and talk about it. We don't want to raise kids that are perfectionists who only feel good about themselves when they get validation by good grades or a good performance. That feels really good when things work out well. But then there's always that chasing more validation. There's really no end to that mountain. You never reach the top and think, I've arrived. I don't need to improve anymore. We were created to learn and grow and improve. And so I think that may be why we have this desire to improve, but it can quickly turn into perfectionist mindset when we don't acknowledge the things that we are already doing and we need to know that it's okay to get help. We want to raise our kids in a way that, that they know that it's okay to fail because if you keep trying new things, you might fall down and you might fail. And we want our kids to be resilient and know that they can get back up. So even if they have a setback, they have a, a bad semester where they don't turn in any, any assignments because they feel too far behind, right? Like in my mind, when I was dealing with this with my daughter, it's like, this is a lesson. This is a life lesson that she gets to learn right now. This is not the end of the world. Resilience is built on failure and mistakes. And it's being able to get back up when you've made a mistake. That's where resilience is built, that muscle of resilience. It's not the end of the world. And that message for sure starts with us. We've got to see the good. We've got to see what they are doing and see what we are doing. And we've got to stop putting so much pressure on ourselves and the outcomes that we want. It's important to teach your kids that not everything is black and white. In fact, very little is black and white. And if you're a perfectionist, you either see yourself as a winner or total loser. So even a simple error can just make something seem like a complete fail. And that's not what we want. So notice that, that black and white thinking, if you wonder whether your kid's a perfectionist or not, if they're like, this was the absolute worst day ever, right? You hear a lot of that language. It's just um, all or nothing. It's very all or nothing mindset. And so if you notice your child talking like this, just gently remind them that it's possible to do a great job even though you made a mistake. Or just because you didn't make the team this year doesn't mean you won't make it next year. You have a whole year to practice. Keep going. And then it goes back to that idea of don't give up, don't give up. And that means we as parents also have to avoid this all or nothing language when we are talking about things with our kids and what they are doing and the things that are happening in our own lives. So if we make a mistake, we need to be really careful and not get into that all or nothing black and white mindset and think everything has gone wrong. The message that I feel is most important to share for me and for my kids is that we don't need to be perfect. We don't even want to be perfect because perfect is boring. And so you can handle being imperfect. 
your kids, your teenagers can handle being imperfect and they need to be aware of that. I don't know if that's a thought that I ever intentionally had in my mind as I was growing up that I could handle being imperfect. It was like that wasn't the goal. Being perfect or feeling good enough, that was the goal. So what if that doesn't need to be the goal anymore? What if the goal is just to be you? Be who you are with all of your imperfections. And I really believe this is the work we were created to do because this is, this is hard work. We're going to mess up and we need to be okay when we are imperfect. We're going to mess up in parenting. We're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to have our own struggles. We're going to forget appointments and make mistakes. And we can handle it. We can handle being human and it's okay. When we can handle and be okay with that, and then that's the message and energy we bring as we parent our kids, we will feel more connected to them. We will feel more peace, less stress, and we will just feel better, feel more confident. And when you feel better, you parent better. Anything you do, you do better when you feel better, which is the message of this episode today. So I hope you can apply these lessons this week, and I want you to stay tuned next week. It's Thanksgiving week, which is crazy to me that we are here at Thanksgiving already, but I am excited because I have a special treat for you and something that I'm offering my podcast listeners that listen to Parenting in the Middle, and that is this Parenting in the Middle toolkit that I will be offering to you. And in this toolkit, you will get 12 easy parenting tools that actually work. I'm going to include a quiz so that you can know where your parenting tendency is. Are you more lenient? Are you more authoritarian? And if you want to do this with your spouse, you can do this and see where you both fall. Do you tend to parent in the same way or are you both opposite? And I'm going to also teach you the parenting in the middle method to help you stay calm in the chaos that so often we feel in parenting. So if you are on my email list, you will get access to that and you will get a lot more information about where to go to get it. That will be available next Friday. If you are not on my email list, then just go to parentinginthemiddle.com and you will be able to have access to it. So I will see you there. I want you to all have a wonderful Thanksgiving, a wonderful weekend, and we will talk to you next week.